Let's ask God to help us uh, with his word. Our gracious uh, Heavenly Father, we pray that you would bring us a conviction of the truth and the goodness of your word. Uh, More especially that it is your word, uh, the word of the living God to us, uh, in which we can know you, know your promises, know how you would have us live, know your goodness and greatness. Uh, We pray that you would help me now to speak your word truthfully and clearly, and you would help us all uh, to receive it with grateful and believing hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Well, as you've heard and seen, it's been quite a year, testing, tiring, exposing, unsettling, the regular routine of our lives disrupted by working from home and doing school at home, physically isolated, unable to travel to see family and friends, unable to gather for funerals or weddings or church. For some, a year bringing unexpected loss of work and business and income. For others, bringing concern about the country's prosperity and debt, even as they were working harder than ever. A year of disruption to our children's lives and anxiety about the effect of, on them of that disruption, and behind it all an anxiety, a fear, a fear of becoming ill, a fear of dying. Loss of choice, loss of control and often weariness. Uh, and it's a year that's brought home to me again that both the truth and comfort of Isaiah 40 verses uh, six, 6 to 8. Uh, a, a, a group of verses that really, in a sense, sum up for me the experience of the year. A voice says, cry, and I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. All flesh is grass, and all its beauty like the flower of the field. Uh, Human life does have great beauty, even in lockdown. You know, the grace of movement, whether it's on the footy field or the stage, the satisfaction of achievement, intellectual or commercial, individual or collective, the joy of relationships of genuine love. Human life can be achingly beautiful, but it is also frail and impermanent. And this year, many of us have not just given that truth intellectual assent, we have felt it, felt it to be true in our lives, felt it as our plans have been unrealised, as we've experienced hesitancy to plan at all. We felt it as we've grappled with the weariness, struggled with our emotional ups and downs through this time, found ourselves growing anxious or grumbling and realised that we were not as strong as we thought or wished. Our inner life, our contentment, so easily disrupted by external events, our capacity to adapt so limited. Felt it as we listened to the daily tally of deaths, saw our leaders' fears that our health system would be overwhelmed and realised how fragile our grip on life is, that we could be carried off in the midst of our lives in a week or two 
and that the defences in which we put our trust, our medicine and hospitals, are themselves fragile and limited. And what perhaps is most unsettling is the recognition that this impermanence and fragility is actually always the case. It's always true of human life. And it's only the regularity and busyness of our blessed lives that have sheltered us from that consciousness. We are frail and fleeting because we are mortal. No matter what we do, what we build, what we achieve, what relationships we invest in, we will die. We will be carried away on the river of time and forgotten. The pandemic has planted the seed of that reality in our minds and given it fertile soil in which to take root, unsettling our confidence, disturbing our contentment. All flesh is grass and all its glory like the flower of the field. But Isaiah contrasts our grievous reality with the word of the Lord. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. In a world of frailty and transience, the word of our God stands unchanging and permanent. Once spoken, always there, always itself, always true and sure. Now, at first that seems a strange contrast, doesn't it? For our words seem even more frail, more insubstantial than grass. They can't be seen or touched. They're just sounds, vibrating molecules of air set in motion by our breath. When written down, they can be crunched up and binned or shredded or burnt, spoken, they can be drowned out, ignored, forgotten. Even the words of the most powerful, their promises and threats die with them, their insights overtaken. Like us, our words are no more permanent than autumn leaves, giving colour for a moment, then fallen and forgotten. But the word of the Lord is different. It takes its character from the God who speaks it. He has life in himself. He depends on no one. His life will never fail or fade. He is the almighty creator. His purposes always achieve. He is eternal, he says, the first and the last, the only God. He knows the end from the beginning and is never taken by surprise. He's faithful and true, unchanging, and so his word is true and sure never outdated, never deceiving, never failing, in force as long as he lives. His is the word that brought creation into being. His is the word that sustains all life. It's always powerful to achieve his purpose. The word that he speaks that goes forth from his mouth, he says, never returns to him empty, but accomplishes that which our God purposes and succeeds in the thing for which our God sends it. The Lord is in his word. It will endure as long as he endures. And so it stands in contrast to all human words, a word upon which frail, fleeting humans can rely, a word we can grasp, and in holding on to our impermanence, and in holding on to, in our impermanence, be united to what endures. And as we heard in the Isaiah reading, 
It's a word that can bring comfort to the Lord's people because it speaks of God's coming. And so it is a serious word and a good word. Go up on a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather his lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. It's a serious word because it declares the coming of the Lord in judgment, coming to establish his rule and give to people what they deserve, his recompense. And it's a good word because it declares that he will save his people by gathering them to himself. And it is this serious and good word, this enduring word that can join us in our transience to what is eternal, in our weakness to what is enduring and strong, in our mortality to the one who lives forever that has been preached to us, yes, us today, preached to us in the gospel. Uh, Peter quotes Isaiah 40 in his first letter, saying to believers, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God, for all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that is preached to you. The gospel, the good news of Jesus, is the abiding word of God. The gospel that tells us that Christ died on the cross for our sins, that he was buried, and that God raised him from the dead, raised him to reign with all authority, authority to forgive and to judge, is the word of the living God. And as you know, it is a serious word declaring that the time will come when God will judge all people everywhere through his son Jesus, a time when all will stand before the Lord Jesus and he will separate them to eternal life or to eternal death. It's a serious word and it is a good word. There is none better. A word that says the Lord Jesus will forgive and give eternal life to all who repent that is, change their mind about who is in charge and say God's king, Jesus, is in charge, in charge of their own lives. All who repent and believe the good news of his death for sin, his burial and his being raised to reign. That good news is the powerful, living and life-giving word of the living God. That word is a word that's been good to know and to hold on to this year as the reality of our frailty, impermanence and mortality has been brought home to us, as the longing of our hearts have been exposed as we have been humbled to see our sin. You see, that word, this gospel word, this enduring word of the Lord brings comfort, telling us that the risen Jesus has committed himself to be our good shepherd, the one who will gather and keep us, protect and guide us, who has pledged to be with us always. Oh, and that gospel word is a word that brings healing. 
It tells us that where we know we have fallen short, not being so as patient with those we live with as we ought, or where we've slipped up with what we've watched in isolation, or where we've withdrawn from those we should have loved or poisoned ourselves and others with our grumbling, it tells us that we can confess and be forgiven of our sin. We need to hear that because consciousness of falling short can keep us from God and from each other. But this is a word of forgiveness and reconciliation, a word which commands repentance and forgiveness in relation to God and each other, a word which, if believed and obeyed, can heal and restore to God and each other. And this gospel word brings life. In our fear of death, it brings the promise of Jesus, the resurrection and the life, to raise all who believe in him. And so this word is a word that has let us live with courage because we can die with confidence. And this word is a word that brings love even in our loneliness. For it tells us the Father gave the Son to die for us while we were still his enemies, still sinners. It tells us that the Lord Jesus loves his people as a bridegroom delights in his bride. It tells us that nothing will separate the Lord's people from his love forever. The word that brings hope, even when we might despair of hope in our own plans or our leaders' plans, For it says that our God, our Father, works all things for the good of his people and nothing stops his fulfilling his promises to them. The word of the Lord is a good word to know. It's been a good word to know and trust this year, as I hope you have found out. And, of course, it is never too late to come to trust it. For it is a word uh, that is good to know and treasure to cling to next year and always. For who knows, we're summing up this year, but who knows what next year will bring. Perhaps God will be merciful to humanity and the vaccine will roll out and prosperity will be restored. Perhaps that will happen. Or perhaps the Lord, to turn people from their proud rejection of him, to humble a people not yet humbled after drought and fire and pandemic, will bring further judgments. We do not know. We do know he's in control, but we do not know what next year will bring. But we do know also that there will be other years like this year whether they're going to be private trials or big public trials. Why should we think that we would be a generation spared the trials all other generations have gone through and in the end spared the trial of death? There will be other years for us like this year. And yet we also know this word of God, the gospel of Jesus, this enduring word spoken to humanity in its impermanence and frailty, will be there every year. Always true, no matter how much life changes around us, for it's the word of our God, unchanged by changing fortunes, by changing moral fads, by changing political power, by changing health. Still, the word of the living God, the gospel word to us, 
Still a serious word and a good saving word, a word that can bring comfort and healing, life and love and hope. The word we need because it is the word of the living, almighty, unchanging creator. It's the word that you will need to have in your ears and in your hearts as our generations turn to wither and fade comes. For it is the word that brings us new birth to the life that never fails. All flesh is grass and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of our Lord stands forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. By God's grace, this will continue to be a word taught and preached among us next year and always. The word at the heart of our Sunday gatherings, the word we teach our children and youth, the word we gather around in our growth groups, the word present, hopefully, in our conversation with each other as we give ourselves to do what Jesus commands his followers to do until he returns, to do year after year, whether we reckon them to be good years or bad years, and that is to make disciples by preaching the gospel, sharing this word, and then teaching this word, teaching all that our Lord has taught. By God's grace, that word will continue to be central to our life together. And by God's grace, as you feel the impermanence of human life, the frailty of your own plans, the certainty of your own death, let a determination to know, trust and keep this word that stands forever be the legacy of this time in your own life. For by God's plan, it is by knowing, trusting and keeping this word that you know and trust the living God, your Saviour. As you know and trust and keep this word, you grow in that trust and knowledge. And that's a treasure beyond description. So let a determination to gather to hear it, a determination to speak it, to share it, also be part of the legacy of this time. Be a people who desire the word, because you desire the eternal, unchanging, almighty God whom you meet in his word, the good God who comes, who comes to save his people through his son. Treasure the word in your heart, because you know that his promises are always sure and true, his commands right and good no matter what the times. Believe and obey his good word, knowing in this tumultuous and uncertain world his word, heard, and obeyed is the sure foundation on which you can build your life. Be willing to give up all to be faithful to this word, for the gospel preached to us, the word that endures forever is life in our death. <coughs> so cling to the word like a drowning man to a lifeline. The God who speaks it holds the other end, and he will never fail to honour his word, never fail to keep his promise to you and to me. He will never fail to do all that he has said. And he has promised to give life to all who repent and believe the gospel that his son Jesus 
has died for our sins, buried and has been raised with almighty power and authority to forgive, to judge and will return in glory to be confessed as Lord by all. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we pray that we would not be slow of heart and we pray that we would not be so preoccupied with just the things, the passing things of this life, that we fail to heed your call, that we neglect your word. In your mercy, give us that overwhelming conviction of its truth. Make us diligent in our study of it. Help it to change our minds to believe what is true and so work in us by your spirit that we're not hearers who forget but hearers who do. And we pray this, gracious God, so that we would trust your son Jesus. We would know the life he gives through his spirit and we would live lives that bring him honour and glory, be lights in a dark world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.